I'm Colin Gray and this is Podcraft, where we're honing the art of podcasting. Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This time around I've got something a little bit different. Uh, as you know if you listen to the previous episode we've just finished series two. Uh, so the last series was all about podcasting equipment, uh, looking at all of the elements of equipment that go into the audio chain, everything you need to podcast. So if you're looking for that material have a look back, look at series two, you can find that on podcraft.net and you can find series two listed on the front page there. But now we're moving on to the next series. Now this is a bit of an in-between episode, a bit of a trailer for the next series because uh, what I want to do is do something a little bit more ambitious for the coming series. Now what that means is that, uh, well essentially I'm going to try and do a daily podcast every day for the full month of November. Now I know what you're thinking, it's not that ambitious, there's plenty of daily podcasts out there, but to be honest, I'm doing this myself, Uh, a lot of the daily podcasts out there do have a fair bit of help, I'm going to try and do uh, a 5-10 to minute bite of content every day, uh, every working day I should say, so every weekday of November, so Monday to Friday, and I've worked out there's exactly 20 working days in November, so that's pretty handy, so we're going to have 20 tips. Now there's a few things behind this. Part of it is that I would actually like to get back in the habit of creating regular content again. Now, I've um, created content for years now. So I've run the podcast host, as you know, for a good um, six, seven years now. I also run a few other websites as well, which are based around putting out decent quality content. And that content can kind of get lost a little bit when you're in the day-to-day workings of your business. So I do deal with clients on a day-to-day basis. I also do a lot of internal business work on a day-to-day basis, just maintaining the stuff that I already have created. And it can bring you down a little bit in terms of actually creating new content. So I felt like uh, I've been trying to get PodCraft out on a weekly basis. I do aim for Friday every week, but I don't beat myself up if I don't manage it every single week. But I thought, what I want to do for the next month, the next series, I want to try and create something regularly every single day, just a little bite-sized bit of information that you guys can hopefully find useful, will help you a lot in your own podcasting, and um, will hopefully just actually put a, a bunch of episodes onto my feed, get stuff out there, and actually just get me in the habit of creating that stuff every single day. I just think that'll be really good for me and for my business, uh, my motivation as well. Plus, actually, being a podcasting coach, podcasting teacher like I am, I love the idea of having it as an experiment. I want to see what effect it has on my traffic. So I want to see what this daily podcast format actually does for my traffic. As you know, there's plenty of daily podcasters out there. Uh, John Lee Dumas, probably one of the famous ones, uh, most famous ones, I should say. And he does really well out of the daily podcasting format. So he puts out daily interviews and he gets a lot of traction because of that, because of the amount of content going out there. So I want to try it just for one month. Obviously, it's a pretty low scale experiment compared to a daily podcast every single day ongoing. But I want to try it, see how it goes. Uh, I want to be able to see how it affects the traffic. And I also want to see how it affects my work so that when I'm working with other podcasters, when I'm working with people like you guys, um, that I can recommend doing that. Um, based on the results I get, or I can at least advise on how much work it is, that type of thing. So partly an experiment, partly a motivation tool for myself. Now to the subject. So what is it I'm actually going to cover? I was thinking of things where I could get a series of good tips 
a series of good bite-sized bits of information that would help uh, you out there run your podcast, make your podcast better. And something that I do a lot of work in on the podcast host is in WordPress. So it's advising people how to use WordPress to create great podcasting sites, the tools that you can put into WordPress to promote your podcast, to help people consume your podcasts, um, all of the things that you can do within your WordPress website that help people to um, to discover you, to use your content and to get to know you. Um, now, not just WordPress. So this could work for any website. So basically, the idea for the series is 20 web tools and tips uh, to power your podcast. So I'm going to cover 20 different episodes, just one tool or tip in each one that will enhance your WordPress website or your general website on which you host your podcast uh, episodes. So this should be for anyone at all who is currently self-hosting and also for anyone who wants to self-host. So if you're currently hosting your website, uh, your podcasting episodes on, say, uh, at Libsyn. So if you actually use a Libsyn.com site um, or you use any other site out there, pod, um, well, all the other ones out there, all the other podcast hosting sites, if you currently host your, um, your podcast on any of these sites, actually have your pages on those sites, then this is an encouragement to get it off there. Start up your own WordPress site or other base site. I'd recommend WordPress really if you're starting from scratch and get the tools built up so that it's an effective podcasting site. Now, there's a couple of things with that, uh, just to highlight. Uh, firstly, I don't encourage you to bring off your media. So I'm not encouraging you to bin Libsyn or bin Blueberry or bin whoever your media host is. I think that uh, the best approach to this is to actually have your own self-hosted WordPress site. So you have that on your own domain. So yourpodcast.com, a self-hosted WordPress site on there that you control entirely. You own, it's very your own property. You're not sharecropping. You're not putting content onto another website, which could then go down or be changed or whatever. You have your own property, your own yourdomain.com, um, but then your media is hosted elsewhere. So your media is held with an external provider like Libsyn or like blueberry.com. Um, so they manage the actual delivery of the media itself. And that's the that's the complicated bit, really. That's the bit that you can't really do on your own hosting. So anyway, I'm going to cover all this. I'm going to cover how to do that, how to set it up. So the tools that you need to use, tips and tools on how to set this up, and then all the plugins, all the add-ons, all tips, everything that I can think of that goes into creating an effective WordPress podcasting website. And this is going to be split over 20 episodes, uh, one tool or tip per episode. Uh, and I haven't actually planned out yet. So uh, I've got a good idea of the stuff that's going to go in there. I've got the plugins that I use all the time, the tools and tips that I use every single day on my podcasting websites that I recommend to customers. So I know a good bit of what's going to go in there, but I'm going to ask for feedback as well. So I'd love to know what it is that you use. What is it that you can't live without on your podcasting website? What is it that you use on your podcasting website that just it just elevates your podcasting website to something else? It just helps you drag in customers. It helps your your um, your listeners use your website, consume your content in a much more easy way. If you have any tips on that, if you have any information to share with me, I'd be love to share it on the next 20 episodes. So get in touch at colin at thepodcasthost.com or you can uh, drop a comment on this episode's show notes and you can find them at podcraft.net forward slash 2i2. So that's number two, the letter I and the number two again. And you can drop a comment on the show notes there.
I really would love to know what you think of the idea. So um, let me know what you think of the month-long uh, daily episodes idea, whether you think it's stupid, whether you think it might work quite well. Um, as always, love to get feedback, so please do let me know. So to fill out the rest of the episode, I've got a little treat for you. Well, it might be a treat, might not be a treat, I'm not sure. Uh, I did an interview a while back with um, an excellent chap by the name of Paul Boak uh, and uh, Marcus Lillington, actually. I shouldn't forget Marcus. He's an excellent chap as well. Um, they run the Boag World podcast, which is a podcast all about uh, web design and the web design industry. They run their own web design agency. And actually, the Boag World podcast uh, is the very first podcast I ever listened to. So it was really the podcast that got me into podcasting in the first place. Uh, I actually got it on um, the front, uh, on a disc on the front of a web designer magazine. So web designer, the magazine had it on a CD, had the podcast episodes on a CD on the front cover. And from there, I discovered how to uh, subscribe to podcasts, how to consume podcasts, uh, and never look back. So I was really honoured to be interviewed by Paul Boag uh, for his podcast, and actually, in the end, they had quite a short series, so they couldn't cover, uh, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't include this interview on their podcast. So I'm putting it out there with the kind permission of Paul and Marcus. Um, so this is actually Paul and Marcus interviewing me on how I run my business. Uh, so I just thought that if you're interested, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy Podcraft, um, you might be interested in hearing a bit about this. And hopefully it'll give you some inform- uh, in- well, uh, useful information, actually, about um, a few different things, such as uh, outsourcing. So it's how I look at outsourcing my business, how I look at um, working with assistants right down to um, how the business started up, all that kind of stuff. So maybe some useful stuff in here as well. But if you don't feel like um, listening to my narcissistic ramblings, then by all means, um, thanks for listening so far. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode where we go back to the regular programming and start on the 20 web tools and tips to help you power your podcasting website. So joining myself and Marcus today... He's Colin Gray. Hello, Colin. Hello. Hello, both of you. It's, Hi, Colin. It's really good to have you on the show. You it is. Sound, you sound nearby. Yeah, compared to the last guy who was in Australia. See, oh, you really? can't say things like that because we're not going to necessarily broadcast the order. I do it just to annoy you. <laughs> we have, we've had two Australian... Sorry, Colin, you will get to talk in a minute. We've had, um, we've had two Australian guys, so there's a faint chance that the previous guy would have been an Australian. It's possible. Yeah. So, Colin, you sound like you're from north of the border. I am indeed, yes. Uh, I am uh, in Dundee just now, uh, but yeah, been in Scotland my whole life. So, it's, uh, so he could well be, by the time we actually get our asses into gear and put this live, he could be in a different country. <laughs> we <laughs> have already true, had some... <laughs> Sorry, Colin. Uh, we have already had somebody else from, or we may have in the future, um, somebody from Dundee. So not the first two, oh, really? yeah, two Dundee people. That's that's a terrifying. We, we work for a, a, a company called Insights, who are based in Dundee. Okay, sure. Yeah. I haven't come across it. I've only moved up here recently, but I'm just trying to get to know everyone in the tech sector up here, actually. So uh, yeah, I might come across them soon. Yeah, yeah. They're very, they're lovely people. They are indeed good stuff. <laughs> so what what took you to Dundee then? Uh, I uh, moved up here actually for a research project so uh, part of uh, all of my work is um, I do a lot of academic stuff as well as the web design okay. uh, and I moved up to work with Aberdeen University on um, designing better online learning ah. uh, so uh, that's part of uh, all of the stuff I do but uh, yeah just small research project brought me up here plus it's a nice little city as well so I fancied a move 
Well, yes, every now and again. So tell us, a, tell us a little bit about the site that you run then. Okay, yeah. Uh, so the site is called The Podcast Host. Um, I uh, It's one of the various things I do. I've worked for myself for the last five or six years um, alongside the academic stuff. Um, and it's one of the projects that I've always had that's uh, getting more big uh, recently. Um, and it's essentially it started out as uh, just podcast hosting. So just offering mm-hmm. hosting for anyone that wanted to set up a podcast. Uh, and it evolved over time just into more uh, training, more mentoring, more uh, managed podcast hosting. So I kind of these days I'm more offer a service of full well a full service podcast hosting I guess so I help people set up their podcast host I help them with the technical sides of things um, I do a lot of articles and writing around podcasting how to podcast from the technical stuff to the promoting your podcast to planning podcasts all that kind of thing so uh, maybe we could learn something I, 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 I'm feeling very intimidated it's like it's like when you talk to a psychologist you instantly think that they can you know they can see all of the weird things that go on in your head and so so uh, talking to a podcast expert makes me feel very self-conscious. <laughs> Hello! Yeah, you've, you've been doing it at least as long as I have. So, oh, yeah. oh, that's good. That makes me feel better. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> Quant- quantity does not equal quality, as they say. That explains why your audio sounds so good. Well, actually, I, I'm not on my full podcasting kit right now. I'm just on my headset mic, but I do have a pretty decent headset mic, so yeah. Ah. <laughs> I've, not, I've not got my mixer and my condenser and all that kind of stuff set up, so uh, you're not getting a full quality. If you want to hear the full quality, obviously come to my own podcast. <laughs> Ooh, very <laughs> subtle advert there. I like it. That, that was good. Well done. So, you, so that's quite interesting. So we've never managed to make any money out of this podcasting lock, but you seem to have turned it into a bit of a kind of consultancy gig then from the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it didn't really start out that way. I actually just started the podcasting site because, to be honest, this podcasting other the other hosting sites that I'd used at the time were just a bit rubbish. Yeah, uh, I I really struggled with them. The support was really terrible. I mean, I guess they were just working on volume, so they're just trying to get as many people through the door. Mm. Um, and I guess you have to do that when you're only charging five to ten dollars a month type of thing. Mm. Uh, and I just didn't find that worked. So that's why I've kind of evolved towards the coaching and the mentoring and the, the higher value stuff, but getting a lot more for it. Uh, I just enjoy that more as well because you actually get to talk to folk and help them with stuff as opposed to just sell them space on a website, on a web see, server. See, now all of the, my prepared questions have gone out the window because I'm much more interested in this as a subject. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, if you think about it... I'm just a, reading his site, so I'll yeah, be back in a minute. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's I'm learning so much. I know, it's incredible. <laughs> Um, you see, I find this quite interesting because a lot of commercial organisations kind of, they kind of half dabble around the edge of podcasts, mm-hmm. but they're shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, really what, boring. what are the, are these, is it professional kind of companies and stuff that you're, you're advising or is it people, you know, is it people? enthusiastic <laughs> amateurs? What are we, what are we talking about here? It's more enthusiastic amateurs at the moment, um, right. and I'm trying to 
I'm trying to put together more. Well, I offer, like I mentioned about the courses, so the online learning stuff, I'm coaching more businesses around how to set up podcasts. So it's, right. I mean, it's the same kind of thing that you guys do. It's um, a business that's just a few people to start with and they want to try and grow themselves. Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, you've always talked about the fact that you've grown your own business through your podcast, haven't you? So it's a mm. similar type of thing. It's just little one-man bands that want to grow a bigger audience and uh, and grow, uh, yeah, get more customers, basically. Uh, so I have courses that I run, uh, fully online courses that I run around how to use a podcast to do that. Uh, and also just talk to people about how to how it benefits them just on a one-to-one basis as well. So what's the what's the the most important piece of advice that you have to repeatedly give people? I now want you to give away all your trade secrets for free on this show. We do. Sure. <laughs> I think I think the funny thing that comes up the most often actually is people worry to, there's too much perfectionism essentially. Now, I don't know whether not a problem. Not way. a problem. No, for us. no, 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 this, no. This is why we're so prof- uh, so prophetic. That's not the way. See, I can't even be perfectionist <laughs> when I'm talking about perfection. <laughs> that this is why we're so prolific. Yes, prophetic it's, is even better though. I we are like, prophetic. Yes. We're pathetic. <laughs> um, it's because we, we can produce so much quantity because we don't give a monkey's ass about the quality. I think that's what it comes down to. Is that what yeah. you're advising, basically? Well, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, on a serious note, though, a lot of people just never get over that first hump of getting stuff out there because they're too afraid of it not yeah. being good enough. Uh, but you just, I mean, you just produce stuff and put it out there. And if your content's good, if your ideas are good, if you're passionate about what it is you're talking about, people will love it, they'll enjoy it, uh, and they'll come back for more. And you can kind of, you can upgrade your kit, you can upgrade your technique, you can upgrade your your presenting knowledge, all that type of stuff over time. Uh, but just start, get started, essentially. That's what yeah, I that's such good advice. I tell you, to, to make someone feel better about that, next time you come across, <laughs> send them to my very first podcast. <laughs> Hello, this is Paul Boag. And I'm being very boring. <laughs> yes, it didn't work. Well, one of the things we learned really, really early on was just do it with two people or more. Yes. Um, one person on their own, it, it's tough. To, it is. The, yeah. And you're far more likely to be self-critical and start editing. Da, 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 da. It's whenever I do like a kind of video walkthrough, I'm going through editing all the ums out, which obviously I never do on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be a full-time job if you did, it to would. be honest. Mm, it would. It would. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, well, yeah. I mean, I do a few podcasts. Some of them are by myself, and some of them are with a group. And it's always more fun doing the ones with a group. Uh, but yeah, it, I find the or- it has to be a balance, I think, because the ones with a group are sometimes harder to organise. We probably do them less often because you have to actually sort out a time to all meet up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you don't all work together like you guys do, I guess it's kind of more difficult. We have to do it in the evenings. Uh, so I can do the ones on my own more often. But then again, I don't enjoy doing them as much. So actually, I have to kind of force myself to do it so yeah it's definitely uh, there's a balance i think i think the best thing i find actually is doing interviews so i can like this i guess yeah is trying to organize to do an interview with somebody mm. that gives you a kick in the bum to actually go and do that interview because you've got it put in the calendar uh, and uh, also it means that you're getting to have a conversation with somebody which is always a bit more interesting to listen to i think there's also benefits from interviews from a marketing perspective as well because what inevitably happens is that you know, I, when I tell you that your podcast is going out, that this interview is going out, you will inevitably 
inevitably tell your social network, oh, I've been interviewed on this podcast. And so, you know, it has a benefit from that point of view. There's also something I talk about quite a lot, which is an expert via association. So when when we first started off in the early days and we used to um, do a lot of interviews and it was really good because people would think, oh, because, you know, this guy, Paul, is interviewing Andy Clark or Jeffrey Zeldman or somebody important with the web design. Therefore, he must be important as well and he must know what he's talking about. Um, so I think there's a lot of benefits that come from interviews. You've kept that going for years, haven't you? Paul? I know, and people still believe it now. It's incredible how gullible people are. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what that's uh, yeah, that is one of my trade secrets, Paul. Come on, oh, can't sorry. Them things. Okay, <laughs> people have to pay for your online training course for that. <laughs> well, no, they're, well, they're free just now, actually. Oh, well, they? Because they're, they're part of the research project that I'm working on. So uh, yeah, it's all, all government funded. The government are paying happily to uh, get these courses Fit out there. Just me. Now. <laughs> We're doing the wrong. What are we doing Different wrong? government. Remember. Government. What's wrong with government? I'll take government money. Yeah, no, but I'm, it's a different government. Oh, the yes. The Scottish government are probably all willing to give, um, uh, you know, <laughs> to pay out for this kind of valuable thing than our, than our lovely government are not. <laughs> our government don't appreciate us. That's, uh, what, that's the problem. So, so, oh, that's quite interesting. So you've got a kind of government funding in order to promote uh, marketing, I guess. It's a kind of business yeah. stimulus type thing, is it? That's exactly what it is, yeah. It's uh, it's supposed to stimulate the Scottish economy uh, to buy... Well, actually, the whole principle is to, um, you might be interested in this, is to promote design, design ah. and business. So it's mm. to try and get um, design into the boardroom, I guess, uh, in an earlier stage. So when people are creating new products, new services, new buildings, whatever it is, to actually get design in there so that it... Um, creates more innovative, more targeted, more effective products and services, I guess. That's, that's what the whole project's around. That's incredibly kind of... Um, Forward thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> is that your project that's forward thinking, or is it gov- um, government thinking there, if that it's, makes sense? Uh, well, it's it's the desi- Well, it's, but if you want to tell the government, it's the Design and Action Project, so it's, right. uh, it's quite a big thing oh, okay. uh, for six different universities on our one, certainly, and there's a couple of other ones as well. Uh, so it's um, do you know I'm not sure who exactly came up with the very first idea whether it was a proposal from us or them but uh, you could uh, I'm sure it says in the website you can have a look if you like yeah no that sounds really interesting I'm you know because that's a a big um, theme at the moment in um, Silicon Valley as well is you know you you know if you're going to do a startup you need a designer on your board because you know design Mm -hmm. is such an important part of of you know modern business success Really yeah, interesting. Totally. Oh, see, yeah. then there's a whole conversation. We haven't done any of my proper questions yet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Makes a change. It does. So let's yeah. talk about um, let's talk about the the podcast hosting project that you did okay. and and, sure. and uh, setting it up and stuff like that. What was what have you found to be the biggest challenge doing this? Um, so in setting up the the website and the business, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. I think the biggest challenge. Well. The biggest challenge initially was just getting it out there, I guess. I I had I'd had such bad experiences with other podcast hosting sites, and I guess that's why how so many websites evolve or so many businesses evolve. You basically think that you're in a niche, you're interested in someone, and you think you can do it a little bit better than the others. Um, and I thought genuinely that I could, and I think I did with my early customers. Mm-hmm. But 
um, even with kind of a good bit of marketing, like I do have good, like I run a sort of, uh, in my web design business, I do internet marketing, digital marketing for people. So I, I mean, I know about that kind of stuff, but it's still tricky to get things out there. Um, so it was getting the customers in the first place. And even though I was getting quite a lot of word of mouth referrals, because uh, I think, uh, like I say, I was genuinely offering a better, a more unique service. So people were recommending me, but it's still quite hard to get people on board, especially mm. when you're just a one-man band. I suppose maybe that's what it comes down to. The challenge I had was I was working by myself and I was doing the whole thing. Yeah. So I was designing, I was developing, I was, but then I was also trying to do the marketing, the promotion, the sales and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you guys have mentioned that before, like you've got yourself as a designer, Paul Marcus, you're the salesman. That works really well as having the two people. And I was trying to do both roles. So yeah, yeah because it, it's a common problem because you know it, it, when work comes in, then you're busy doing that work, which means yeah. you're not marketing, which mm. means that then work begins to dry up, and so you start marketing a lot, and then more yeah. work comes in, you stop marketing, and it's this kind of boom bust cycle, yeah. you know, which is a, a huge problem. And we we've got you know we've got a huge advantage in that these days that essentially I'm Mr. Marketing person. You you then convert it into sales with, um, with, uh, Chris. And then What's we've got name? a team. That I can't remember the other yeah. quiet one, the quiet one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there has to be at least one quiet one in the company. Um, and then it kind of goes into production and, you know, so it's, it's very difficult when you're by yourself. I, I can completely understand that as being a struggle. So how have you dealt with that then? Or haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think the way I've dealt with it is, as I mentioned, I've, I've evolved the service a little. I've mm. gone from the volume side of things to uh, niche and individual and high value. So instead of trying to sell the $5, $10 a month packages, yeah. uh, low value stuff, I've moved towards the things that I think I'm really good at. I guess it built on feedback I had because, like I say, I got some really good feedback from quite a lot of early customers around the service that I was offering, around the advice I was offering. Mm. Uh, so instead of just the hosting, I ended up talking to them all about the equipment they needed. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I'm a total geek at heart. So I enjoy talking about kit and equipment. And uh, like I spent a, I've spent a fortune on audio kit over the years, getting the wrong stuff, just figuring out the problems, all that kind of thing. So I just like talking to people about it. And that was the best feedback that I had that people enjoyed or they found that really useful. So I just thought over the years, in the last year particularly, I've changed it to a much higher value, uh, offering that thing particularly, that service, that knowledge. Um, and that means that I need to have a lot less customers. So there's a lot less marketing. There's a lot less uh, referrals required, I guess, to keep me, keep yeah. me in, in uh, yeah, you know, breakfast and dinner and all that. Uh, and um, I've just found that it's a lot more rewarding as well because I can spend so much time, more time with people. Uh, more time working with certain clients because the service I'm offering is higher value. So it's, yeah, just I need less people. Yeah, um, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, it's interesting you talk a lot about um, equipment and, um, you know, the, the, the kind of technical side of things. Do you talk much with your clients about presenter, you know, how to how to be a good presenter, he says, stumbling over his <laughs> <laughs> You know, do you, do you cover that kind of stuff? Because I always think that's a big thing. You know, people can tolerate crappy quality in terms of technical, um, you know, uh, equipment, etc. But if you're dull, then yeah. they switch off. Is that a big area that you talk a lot about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I talk about, yeah, I'm talking about the kit, but that's kind of the most obvious thing. That's the thing that people ask about first. Yeah. But 
you develop your style and your presenting and your planning and your content and all that over the years. Uh, and um, yeah, presenting. I mean, like you say, you if you listen back to your first episode, if you listen back to my first episode, there's a, quite a few prolific podcasters that I listen to. If I go back and listen to their first one, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really interested in presenting in general, actually. Coming from a uh, academic background i do a lot of conferences i do a lot of talks and speaking and it's something i really want to get really good at it's something that really interests me to, to mm. develop a skill so it's something that i enjoy talking to other people about because i get to learn about it more that way as well so yeah definitely i mean there's loads of different ways to get better at presenting and speaking and even just planning out your content as well i mean if you just if you just do a bit of effective planning of what you're going to speak about that makes you more interesting in the first place and you stumble over your stuff a bit less you know you tell a story through your 20 minute podcast as opposed to just stumble between topics it makes it so much more interesting sorry i'm confused by this word planning <laughs> <laughs> no we do plan we yeah, do yeah. honestly and we even segue from one topic into another sometimes mm-hmm. not very often but it does happen yeah, yeah. But you're you're totally right as well about about just general presenting styles. There's so many different ways. It's it's really interesting. I was just at a conference last week, and um, Andy Clark was was speaking. Who's an excellent speaker, and he's done something absolutely fascinating. Um, last time I heard him speak was probably oh, I don't know five years ago, maybe. And he's totally changed his style of speaking. He used to be very much like me that he'd jump around and get over enthusiastic you know he would make people laugh a lot and now when I heard him speak yesterday he was really statesman-like and very considered and both excellent styles of speaking but they could not be more you know diametrically opposed to one another and I find that fascinating how you can have totally different styles of speakers that are equally good as one another mm. um but yet do it in a completely different way that just blows my mind especially when it's the same person yeah <laughs> I mean, that makes it even more incredible it's <laughs> it's like you know steve jobs is always the classic example people refer to as a as an excellent speaker but actually in some ways he should be as dull as ditch water mm. <laughs> because he's very slowly spoken and it, but it's the choice of words that he uses mm. that work so well with me yeah you know and yet you know you hear someone like me that's speaking and i'm jumping around all over the stage and i move around a lot and and it's just so interesting to see how different people can can you know engage in different ways and i think often you look at someone and say oh, i wish i could be like them yeah. when actually you need to be more like you well that's funny because I, I was about to say the same thing one of the best speaking tips I ever got and one that I give to a lot of people is there's no don't try to pretend to be somebody you're not yeah you will be you yeah like you say you get different speakers completely different styles that are still really engaging and you will be engaging only if you inject your own personality into what you're saying there's no point in trying to be more statesman like if that's not what you're like or be more funny if that's not what you like you'll be more engaging if you're like you if people engage with you as a person as opposed yeah. to your just your content or your kind of fake acting of trying to be a better speaker whatever that is and i think you said something earlier which i've really latched onto as well which is about being passionate that it's you know and and people express passion in different ways and and as long as you're passionate i don't really think it matters you know (laughs) how you express that passion it's just that if it's there people can tell if you care about your subject or not and and if you care about it then they'll care about it as well and i think that makes a huge difference 
Yeah, definitely. I could, well, I, I think it probably still benefits you to do a bit of uh, the other planning and stuff. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion, passion can save a bad, like, terrible content or terrible planning because it just, yeah, it rolls people up in the wave and carries them along just just along with you. <laughs> so anyway, dragging it back to what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so we've talked about your biggest challenge in, in, in this, this business that you set up. What, uh-huh. What's the most important thing you've learned from doing it? I think one of the most important things I've learned from the podcast, I'll say that again, the Mm -hmm. podcast host particularly, is that you need to, well, see, one of my biggest problems is focus. And I didn't focus on the podcast host enough in the last, in the first couple of years. Um, I jump around between different projects. I get bored with things too easily. And I just, I do all sorts of different things. Um, And with the podcast host, that's why it, didn't grow as much as it should have and that's why it suffered a bit in the first few years and I think it's benefit in the last year or two um, the business has done so much better because I've started to focus on it I've started to see it as one of the things I'm most interested in and I've cut down on other things and I'm kind of tying it into everything else I'm doing as well because the online courses that I'm doing as well I'm doing a lot of those courses um, well a big proportion of those courses are podcasting so I'm actually using them to teach businesses to teach academics how to teach better um, and it all leads back to the podcasting site uh, and I'm finding that one of the biggest thing one of the biggest lessons I've had certainly to try and pick one thing as opposed to, I mean it's a pretty obvious thing isn't it but it's just try and make sure you're choosing one thing that you can tie everything else that you're interested in around and that'll benefit it so much more I mean, it's obvious, but it's something that I mean, we were talking about this on the last interview we were doing, which won't be necessarily the last interview people <laughs> listening to. Anyway, um, we were talking about this with someone else. I, I think it's the curse of the entrepreneur yes. That, yes. that we're always attracted to the new and the shiny and, oh, well, let's start doing this thing. And, and what you no said, stamina. No, absolutely. <laughs> we flip from thing to thing. Yeah. But I think what you, you said there, which is tie everything back. You know, if you find something new and exciting that you love doing, fine, that's okay, as long as you can tie it back to, to, you know, your actual, you know, in your case, the podcast hosting. So uh, we, I do this all the time, that I come across something new that I desperately want to do. For example, recently, I, was, um, I got into YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and that was oh, my new shiny thing that I wanted to do. But as long as I could do that in such a way that I can tie it back to Headscape and the Headscape business, then that's fine. Mm. you know but it's that focusing on one business at a time that i think is so important yeah (laughs) you just feel like you're missing out you have these ideas for other things to do and you're like oh if i don't do that i might miss out on the biggest idea and that's the one that'll make me a fortune (laughs) but the trouble is is you end up doing everything half you know half cocked so to speak precisely yeah yeah, absolutely so have you ever got i mean you obviously got a design and development background um have you developed all of this site yourself or have you got any outside help in to do any of it i yeah i've had a bit of help uh, i developed and designed it myself mainly i mean it's, it's a wordpress based site so it's mm. um it's nothing too complicated uh, i created the template um, based on uh, another template so i mean i've i've not created it from scratch by any means uh, but in ter- the help that I've got mostly actually was around kind of admin and uh, 
the sort of the well, not menial exactly, but you know the more the more day to day tasks. Okay. Uh, so I've had uh, I I've often um, well I do employ virtual assistants uh, to keep my sort of my business running quite a lot. So I have people that do a lot of the the day to day things like managing comments, like um, like posting blog posts, like uh, putting YouTube videos up there. So it'll tend to be that I create the content uh, or I. Um, do a lot of the more uh, strategic things and then ask them to implement it, I guess. Uh, I'm impressed. Mm. All right, okay. <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that lightly, actually. The number of, um, one of the workshops that I ran a lot was um, running a successful web design business. Mm-hmm. And the number of people that really struggle with this idea of getting rid of the menial tasks, yeah. mm. those little things that really you can waste so much time doing admin and you know uploading videos and uploading you know all of that kind of stuff mounts up hugely and and to find someone that actually has taken that you know is 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 living that principle with virtual assistants how are you finding that's working because i tried a virtual assistant for a while and it was a disaster Oh, it can be. Yeah, I've had some disasters over the years. <laughs> I mean, the best I, one, the best one I ever had was um, uh, they booked a flight for me, um, and they booked it the wrong way round. So I was flying from my destination to where I was aiming to uh, to leave from. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not ideal. It, which was entirely back to front. But yes. <laughs> so, how have you coped with that? I I've I've been experimenting with it for years. I started um, I started looking into it. I, I, I'm a fat, big fan of the four hour work week. Ah, that's goodness. that's where I got it from as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where I started with the ideas around it, uh, and I've looked into it a lot since then. I use uh, Odesk and Freelancer mm-hmm. uh, to find people, and I basically I've got much better at writing adverts these days and interviewing and stuff like that. So I guess general running a business skills, isn't it? Yeah, figuring out how what people suit you. So I've gone through, I've probably worked with between 50 and 20 different people um, over the last three or four years. Uh, I've had some really good ones that I've been sorry to see go because they've had other opportunities. I've had some terrible ones that I've had to stop working with because they just don't understand things. And I've found there's a few requirements that are really important that I look for in every one. Um, and still, I get let down by people. But then it's kind of, as a, I guess, as a boss, you, I, I'm learning all the time as well. I hadn't employed many people before I started with it. So I'm learning how to give instructions more clearly. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it's both sides. Finding the people that you will work with best, the, the requirements you have for your own work, and figuring out how you're better at leading and uh, telling them what to do, I guess. Okay, so talk, talk to us. You said you had some certain requirements you look for in people. What are yes. those? Well, the first one, actually, the first thing that I learned with the virtual assistant stuff is that initially I was just interviewing people by email, maybe getting them on text chat. Um, but they can type often, like I'm employing quite a lot of people from around the world, um, yeah. a couple of Philippines um, residents at the moment, actually, who are really good. Uh, and uh, so I would tend to just type to them initially. But then I discovered that no matter how well somebody can write English, actually, a much bigger indication of how well they'll understand your instructions, even written, is if they can speak to you quite well. So nowadays, I always make sure I speak to people on Skype uh, before I employ them. So that's the biggest first yeah. requirement. Mm. Um, other things are um, to get them to do a writing test for a start. So get them to write an article, because that's one of the biggest things that I do, just creating content, I guess. Okay. Uh, and also that 
determines a lot how they can understand your instructions, like when you tell them to do something. Uh, I also I always set them a wee task. So I always do an initial uh, hour or two hour task at the start, and that'll be part of the interview. Uh, and that's, I mean, that seems a pretty obvious step as well, but that seems to whittle down people a lot, um, make it really obvious who'll be really good to work with and who won't. Mm, um, and even, the, do you know, one of the biggest questions, actually, one of the things that I always do in Odesk is I, I talk to people about where and wh- how they work. So you get a lot of virtual assistants that are in shared offices, are part of an agency, and I find that they're not half as useful because oh. they, they tend to be... I don't know. Well, they tend to be managed by somebody else for a start and they tend to be, I've seen a lot of them disappear over the years. So they'll be working well, working really well. And then suddenly they won't. And I'm not sure whether it's something like they might be paying to be part of that office or whether they just get pulled over to a different project and taken away from you, somebody who's more important, that type of stuff. Okay. But that's one of my biggest requirements actually is that they'd work by themselves. They have their own office or even if they have a shared office, but they work for, you know, they're not part of an agency. So that's quite an important thing for me. Now that's really interesting. Mm. I might have to have another go at this. I I couldn't survive without them these days. I mean, I so much admin stuff that I get, I farm out. I just yeah, I need it. Well, Marcus always compl- says you want a secretary, don't you, Marcus? Always. <laughs> uh, yeah, this could be, could be very interesting. Anyway, do you know what? We, we've massively run over time because mm. you're just too damn interesting, Colin. It's very inconsiderate of you. Um, but I am going to ask the last question. I don't care sure. about time. Marcus is, is telling me that we've overrun, but I don't care. Um, my last question is, what's the next step for you? You know, in terms of the podcast hosting business, have you got, have you got plans of what you want to be doing next? Yeah, definitely. I think the next step, I, well, I've established my new services now, so I've established what I'm offering these days and I've tried to position it well enough so that I've got my, you know, my higher value mentoring, all that type of stuff. I think the next thing I want to do is to do a bigger course, so a larger group course on podcasting. So actually mm-hmm. offer people uh, maybe 15, 20 people at a time to go into a class and act as a, a cohort so they can help each other yeah. um, and have that as an ongoing thing. So it's kind of a group mentoring project. So offer maybe four to six weeks of this is how you get started. These are the, the basics uh, or not even up to, I mean, you could get up to some good stuff, some high level stuff in six weeks, mm. but then have that as a cohort going onwards as a, uh, a sort of membership uh, system whereby people have access to my knowledge, each other's knowledge, all that type of stuff, plus resources, more training as we go on. So it's the training and the education side of it that I want to continue and expand upon, I think, on the site. So, yeah. Yeah, sounds really exciting. And and fun as well. I find yeah. education a massively, well, the biggest part of my job that I enjoy the most. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Colin, for coming on the show so much. That was that was really fascinating, although not at all what it should have been. <laughs> I hope it's useful to somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just typical of our podcast, really, going off on massive tangents. But there you go. Thank you very much, Colin. And, um, yeah, good luck with your with all your endeavours. Yeah, excellent. Thanks. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.